deaths among Chinese Communist Party elites rising in China, a recent outbreak of COVID-19 killing dozens of prominent scholars and officials. China says its medical supplies are sufficient, but reports tell another story. TikTok's parent company admitting some employees accessed the user data of two journalists without consent. That as some American universities join about 20 states in banning TikTok. Illegal fentanyl seized, enough to kill the entire population of the U.S. That's how much the DEA found this year on American soil. And Chinese telecom giant Huawei pulling in more money from patents than it pays out for the second straight year. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Ellie Hart, in for Tiffany Meyer. Beijing getting hit particularly hard by the recent COVID-19 wave in China, a hub for officials and elites. The city's grim situation has seen many prominent figures linked to the Chinese Communist Party die amid the virus surge. Here are the details. The virus is spreading through households and chaos is erupting in hospitals and funeral homes. That's a CCP virus, which causes COVID-19, sweeps through China's capital. Even privileged Chinese elites have found themselves caught in the turmoil. Over the past few weeks, at least over a dozen CCP-linked officials and other prominent figures passed away amid the virus surge. They range in age from 39 to 98. Among them are a former CCP official for the National Sports Commission, an ex-CCP chairman of Jiangxi's provincial committee, and three former journalists from CCP-backed newspapers. The designer of the 2008 Beijing Olympics mascots also died amid the surge. They used to receive a lot of attention from state media reports, but not this time. Few details were mentioned about their causes of death. About a dozen leading health experts have also died recently. That's on top of over 30 deaths of retired scholars reported within a month at two of China's most prestigious universities. One of them was 95-year-old Huang Kezhi, a CCP member and professor of aerospace at Tsinghua University. He was one of the founders of the Department of Engineering Mechanics. China has so far reported only a handful of COVID-19 deaths, but on the ground, it's much grimmer. Funeral parlors say they're operating 24-7 to burn bodies, and retired medics are being encouraged to rejoin the workforce. The situation saw CCP officials' families become vulnerable in the latest wave. In a recent social media post, the wife of China's foreign ministry spokesman complained on China's Twitter equivalent Weibo, saying she hasn't been able to secure any cold medicines. In the post, she questioned, quote, where did all these drugs go? Next, an update on the COVID-19 death toll in the U.S. and China. According to an article on Chinese portal NetEase, quote, according to our Chinese standards, the number of COVID-19 deaths in the United States is not 1.1 million, but 66,000. The article was published Wednesday, but quickly deleted, either by the website's self-censor or the Chinese Communist Party's internet censors. That's because the statement doesn't align with the image Beijing wants to present, that China is much more successful than the U.S. in dealing with the pandemic. The article also gave a further explanation, saying that if the U.S. used the same classification standards as Beijing, 94% of COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. wouldn't count as such. A Chinese expert revealed those classification standards at a press conference on Tuesday. Wang Guicheng, director of the Department of Infectious Diseases of Beijing University First Hospital, said that Chinese authorities do not classify deaths caused by other diseases, like those involving the heart or blood vessels, as due to COVID-19. 
only deaths caused by pneumonia or other respiratory illnesses will be viewed as COVID-19 deaths. The article also described the differences with the U.S. standard. By U.S. criteria, when a patient tests positive for COVID-19 at the time of death, this will be classified as a COVID-19 death, regardless of what the patient died of. What's more, the article cited a routine pandemic briefing in the United States in April 2020. There, a reporter asked Deborah Burks, White House liaison officer at the time, how to define a death case from COVID-19. Burks detailed the same criteria. Chinese Foreign Ministry said Friday that its domestic production of medical supplies is expanding and is generally sufficient. The statement comes as an indirect refusal of a recent offer of help. India is one of the world's biggest drug makers, and the country said earlier this week it was ready to help supply Chinese citizens with fever drugs. But are medical supplies in China really sufficient? China is also one of the world's top drug producers. But the abrupt shift in its COVID-19 policy has left drug makers ill-prepared to deal with a huge wave of infections. It's led to widespread shortages of the most common fever and cold drugs. Complaints about drug shortages are pouring onto Chinese social media, but most of them get quickly deleted by authorities. That's because they don't support Beijing's narrative that there's no drug shortage happening. To calm panic buying, local authorities started limiting sales of fever medications, down to the pill. Zhuhai, a port city in South China, issued an order to all drugstores in the city on Tuesday. Each customer can only buy a maximum of six tablets of ibuprofen, or three ounces of liquid, per week. What's more, each purchase is recorded through a monitoring app, and every customer has to sign up with his or her real name, meaning customers cannot visit multiple stores to purchase more doses. Similar policies are in place in Beijing and eastern China's Nanjing City. A major admission from TikTok's parent company, ByteDance. On Thursday, the company said some of its employees improperly accessed the user data of two journalists. The China-owned company said the people in question are no longer employed. Here are the details. The employees accessed the data as part of an unsuccessful effort to investigate leaks of company information earlier this year. According to internal sources, the aim was to identify potential connections between the two journalists and employees who were suspected of leaking information. The employees attempted to establish the journalists' location via their IP addresses. The admission comes after TikTok recently ramped up efforts to assure the U.S. government it won't be spying on U.S. citizens. That followed a proposal to bar federal employees from using the popular app on government devices. At least 18 U.S. states have banned Chinese-owned video platform TikTok from governmental devices. Now, American colleges are following suit. A growing number of universities are blocking access to TikTok on school-owned devices or Wi-Fi networks. The University of Oklahoma and Auburn University in Alabama say the rule looks to comply with the TikTok bans announced by the governors. The 26 universities and colleges that make up the university system of Georgia are also reportedly taking similar action. But the wildly popular social media app isn't bound out without a fight. TikTok operates a strong lobbying group in Washington. In 2019, TikTok's Chinese parent company, ByteDance employed 17 lobbyists and spent $270,000 for lobbying on Capitol Hill. This, according to public records gathered by transparency group Open Secrets. 
and by the end of last year, the company has spent more than $5 million on lobbying. Since 2020, TikTok has been negotiating with the U.S. government on a possible deal. That's to keep the app running in the United States. Those talks have so far proven fruitless, with rising numbers of states looking to remove the app from the devices. Illegal fentanyl, enough to kill the entire population of the U.S., the Drug Enforcement Agency, or DEA, on Friday announced the total amount of fentanyl it seized this year. The final tally, nearly 380 million doses of fentanyl powder and fentanyl-laced pills. In a press release this week, the DEA said its officers confiscated more than 10,000 pounds of fentanyl powder and more than 50 million fake prescription pills laced with fentanyl. The agency noted that the drugs would be enough to kill every American and that the fake pills can be hard to differentiate from legitimate prescription drugs. Fentanyl ingredients are largely made in China and shipped to Mexican drug cartels. Then they're made into fentanyl and fentanyl-laced fake prescription pills. Ingredients manufacturing is focused in the Chinese city of Wuhan. In 2018, China restricted the production of two of the most common ingredients for the drug under pressure from Washington. Talks between the U.S. and China about the issue stopped after House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan in August. Tit-for-tat penalties from China. Beijing slapped sanctions on two Americans on Friday, hitting back at Washington over its sanctions against Chinese officials earlier this month. The measures take aim at Miles Yu, former principal China policy advisor under former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. And Todd Stein, deputy staff director with the U.S. Congressional Executive Commission on China. China will freeze all of their assets in the country and ban their entry. Miles Yu is among Americans' leading experts on the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP. He told Radio Free Asia that he doesn't care about the sanctions, saying it proves he is doing the right thing. On December 9th, the U.S. imposed sanctions on two CCP officials in Tibet. Washington said they were involved in human rights crime in the Western region, including killings. The numbers are in. Chinese tech giant Huawei will bring in more patent income than it pays to other companies for their patents in 2022, for the second year in a row. The company announced the news Thursday. According to the company's U.S. Chief Intellectual Property Council, Huawei signed or renewed over 20 patent licensing deals this year. Several German automakers were on the list, Mercedes-Benz, Audi, Porsche, and BMW, all of them seeking to add more communications technology to their vehicles. Huawei also extended its patent deal with its Finnish rival Nokia. That deal was first signed in 2017. Nokia booked altogether nearly $1.6 billion in revenue from patent licensing in 2021. Compare that to Huawei, which generated about $1.2 billion globally over the three years ending in 2021. Roughly, that means hundreds of millions of dollars annually. Its full-year sales figures for 2022 won't be tallied until next year. Despite that revenue, the figures are small relative to Huawei's billions of dollars in annual sales losses since 2019. That's when the U.S. started slapping curbs on Chinese technology. The company has grown more aggressive in striking patent deals since then to help make up some ground. The Twitter files that Elon Musk has been publishing seem to be a partisan issue, but Rex M. Lee, cybersecurity advisor at MySmart Privacy, says it's an American issue. According to him, it involves civil rights like free speech. We sat down with him to learn more. 
Rex, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you back on the show. Tiffany, thank you for having me. I want to begin with the Twitter files that Elon Musk has been publishing. And it seems, you know, now we're finding out that many three-letter government agencies were actually working with Twitter. So how big of a story is this? How big of a deal is this? Well, you know, I think this is one of the biggest stories of our lifetime because it involves a, a company that uh, it develops consumer products and goods and services. Meaning that if I'm a if I um, if I activate a Twitter account, I'm actually a customer of Twitter now. People say, "Well, you got the account free," but yet Twitter surveils and data mines me and collects my personal information by the use of that account. And what I mean by surveillance and data mining, we talked about this in the past. The Twitter app actually conducts a surveillance and data mining on the end user through their smartphone. So they collect your personal information, they surveil you for profit, so they're making money on you by exploiting you at the expense of your privacy for the use of the Twitter account. So the reason that this is so important is from the customer's perspective, the customer is now being oppressed by the very company that they're doing business with, who they're making profits for. Uh, by colluding with government agencies such as the FBI, in order to actually suppress the end users' human rights and or civil rights, uh, such as uh, free speech, the ability to, um, the right to a free press, you know, regarding, I'll give you an example, the New York Post is a legitimate newspaper and they published the uh, Hunter Biden news story. Well, Twitter acted upon themselves to first act like a publisher, which they state in congressional hearings, they're not a publisher so that they should have Section 230 protection. Once they started to edit that story, they started acting like a publisher, so they shouldn't get 230 protection for that once they start editing these stories. Uh, B, they did it on behalf of a government agency, the FBI, uh, which makes it even more egregious, uh, the fact that our own government is now meddling or interfering with our, with our elections. We're told that the Russians and Chinese are doing this, well, now this is the first time in history where we can actually see that our own government is getting involved in election interference in the United States, which as a uh, U.S. citizen, you should be concerned about this, whether you're a Democrat, a Republican, a liberal or a conservative, because that power pendulum will swing from right to left throughout our lifetimes. So uh, what's good for one party today is bad for another will be good for that party tomorrow and bad for the party that's empowered today. Coming up, more from Rex M. Lee about Apple's airdrop feature and why many are calling it a change to inside China. Lee breaks down how the situation exposes a bigger issue tied to companies cooperating with governments to censor consumers. Uh, because the CEOs of these companies shouldn't be colluding with any government for any other reason. The only reason they should be in contact with government is because of regulatory issues and taxation. That's it. They don't need to be talking about the government, about any, any, any of their customers' political biases or what their customers are doing with their phones. More on that after the break, here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Ellie Hart, in for Tiffany Meyer. It's not just about Twitter. Concerns also involve Facebook and Apple. We spoke to Rex M. Lee, cybersecurity advisor at MySmartPrivacy, about Apple's airdrop functionality in China. He says it exposes a larger issue, that companies are cooperating with governments to censor consumers. 
And Rex, given everything that's at stake here, how is this even legal and do you see any changes going ahead? I don't I don't think it's it's obviously not legal. Um, you know, the, the taxpayers being defrauded, you know, it's it's misuse or misappropriation of taxpayer funds when the FBI, who should be concentrating on terrorists, are now putting their focus on U.S. citizens uh, through a biased lens based on the citizen's political ideology, not that the citizen is doing anything wrong. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, so when you suppress that story and it affects uh, an election, which the, the Hunter Biden laptop story has been validated by CBS News and The New York Times two years later, uh, you know, uh, there's there's huge issues with this. It and Rex, you mentioned the Hunter Biden laptop story and how Twitter mm -hmm. was censoring that. But it seems it's not just Twitter. Facebook or Meta, I guess, as it's now called, was also involved in that. And it seems when yes. it comes to Meta or Facebook, <clears throat> there's other issues. So what's happening there? So let me let me bow tie the um, Twitter file story with this. It just became public with the latest release of the Twitter files by Elon Musk. The FBI actually paid Twitter $3 million of taxpayer money. So there, there's, there, that's a fraudulent and misuse of taxpayer money that I believe Twitter should be paying back because that's our money uh, coming out of our taxes, as well as the administrative costs for the suppression uh, and so forth. So, you know, that that's a huge issue. The other issue that came out was it wasn't the fact that the FBI reached out and contacted Twitter. They also contacted Facebook about this as Mark Zuckerberg validated on Joe Rogan's show. So that that was also revealed that Facebook was involved. But also one of the other stories that came out was that the the um, executive level of Twitter was there were former um, there were former agents of the CIA, the NSA, FBI, and other agencies that were employed as senior executives over at Twitter as well. Meaning that now Twitter is no longer a consumer products company or Facebook or any other of these companies that are engaging in this type of suppression and colluding with the government. They now become arms of the government, no different than uh, an informant. Um, who is uh, informing on people with a secret police force. Um, and what makes this even more terrible, and we spoke about how much surveillance and data mining that these companies do on us, they're surveilling us by our phones and our computers. So they have, they have monetized every aspect of our life, our personal life, our business life, even when we go to the doctor, when we um, talk to our lawyers or we're at work, they're surveilling and, and data mining us for profit. So they have every amount of information they could on an individual. Now, this goes back to people who've told me in the past, Rex, it's no big deal that we're losing our privacy to major corporations who have a profit motive. Now we're seeing the net result of that. Again, we see this with Apple. Uh, there were recent stories about Apple uh, disabling the airdrop feature in the iPhones of uh, Apple paying customers who live in China. Now you have Apple acting as an arm of the Chinese Communist Party, again, informing on their customers to a secret police force. So at this point, you have to look at these three companies and any other companies that are colluding with the government and ask yourself, when did these companies cross the line from being a consumer product manufacturer 
of goods and services to being an arm of any government, whether it's a tyrannical government or the government of the United States. That's what's issue at, that, that's the issue we're facing today. And Rex, when it comes to these companies, say just Twitter, Facebook, Meta, or you know Apple, what about the investors? Because it seems often companies have to disclose information to the investors. What's happening on that front? Yeah, as an investor, look, I'll put it to you this way. Um, the first chance I get to, you know, the marketplace can take care of this. If somebody out there has a, a, a phone and a private operating system to compete against Google, Apple, and Microsoft, you know, there's basically a monopoly going on there because each one of those operating systems are leaky operating systems that uh, uh, that uh, promote surveillance and data mining. If there was a private solution on the market today, people would run to that, which would hurt the investor in those companies because of the actions that they're taking by exposing their paying customers uh, to tyrannical governments and out of control government agencies such as the FBI and CIA, who are whose motive is to suppress the customer's human rights. We're seeing our human rights eliminated here by proxy. We actually see it today. People used to talk about this in theory and didn't know it was really happening until uh, Elon Musk started releasing the, the Twitter files. So as an investor in these companies, there's, they're, they're being defrauded as well uh, because the CEOs of these companies shouldn't be colluding with any government for any other reason. The only reason they should be in contact with government is because of regulatory issues and taxation. That's it. They don't need to be talking about the government, about any 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 of their customers' political biases or what their customers are doing with their phones. And Rex, zooming in on, say, the CEOs working with these governments, it seems, you know, you brought up Apple and the protests mm -hmm. in China. After that, it seems Tim Cook was asked about it, and he had some interesting things to say, right, about peace yeah, and well, trade. So tell us yeah. about that. Well, a few years ago, he was uh, uh, he was at a he was in in an interview where he was asked about doing business with tyrannical governments like China, and Tim Cook blew off the uh, um, blew off the question, and uh, just said, "Hey, look, I believe uh, I forgot who he quoted, uh, but he said he believed in peace through free trade." Um, the other the other quote, which is interesting is Eric Schmidt was uh, asked about what, you know, wh what was Google's function? And basically he said something to the extent that, uh, well, Google's function along with the internet is, uh, uh, is, is a great opportunity um, that will um, give everybody um, uh, protection from governments and uh, companies, meaning that the governments and companies now have to be transparent and he went on to say that there would be less uh, uh, government oppression around the world because people had smartphones. And what we're seeing today is the exact opposite. We're actually seeing governments utilizing the smartphones because they're basically surveillance and data mining uh, devices. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Ellie Hart. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus at ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. Have a happy holiday. Thank you.